Hello, and welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, your host. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and I do hope you're enjoying the interviews I've been sharing. The focus of this podcast is on the interesting and creative people of Austin, Texas. As always, my intention is to have meaningful and in-depth conversations that I hope will be of value to you, the listener. They certainly are to me. I really love doing these interviews, and hopefully we can all figure out together how to better connect and support our local art communities and create opportunities and success for ourselves through conversations like these. You might have noticed, unlike many other podcasts, this one has no sponsors. For me, it's a passion project that I create and produce 100% on my own every week please consider helping to support me and my continued efforts by becoming a patron of mine. Go to austinarttalk.com and click on the support tab to learn more. And if you really love an episode and have a feeling it might benefit someone else, please share it with them. It might be exactly what they need to hear. Thanks to those who follow and interact with me on Instagram, at austinarttalk. That is by far my favorite social media platform. I post daily about local art events and try to support and share the work of previous podcast guests, along with other interesting people, art, and podcasts that I find which you might enjoy. On to the rest of the show. Warwick Armstrong is somewhat of an outsider artist who spent most of his life in business, but then retired and shifted his focus to art for the last 20 years. With his wife of 50 years, he splits his time between Spicewood, just northwest of Austin, and Marfa, an unassuming art and architecture mecca in far west Texas, visited by people from all over the world. Warwick creates large and often physically and emotionally elaborate 2D and 3D works that deal with a variety of subjects that he is passionate about. And he feels that he is really just a tool to create the art, guided by his faith and a higher power. Please enjoy this conversation with Warwick. Well, Warwick, thank you for being on my podcast. Well, thank you. I, I uh, really appreciate, you know, everything you're doing for the art community, and I appreciate you asking me to uh, participate. I'm also glad that I went out into the uh, alley and found you in Marfa. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> we met last year. I was with a friend. We were just wandering around in an alley behind your ba- <laughs> your building. <laughs> And uh, you were bringing the trash out or yeah. something. <laughs> My timing was perfect. I it? know, yeah. And we're like, oh, what is this? And then we walked in and we're just like totally blown away by all of your uh, beautiful artwork. Well, thank you. Um, I, yeah, I was not expecting to go from an alley into your uh, your gallery and home in Marfa. Well, I'm just I'm thankful that you were both of you were open enough to come in and you know visit with me we had a nice visit and i was just very appreciative yeah i was i was appreciative of your time and just even just the small amount of time that we spent together you shared some like really powerful stories and talked about your work and shared that with us and it was really it was really like a highlight of my trip that makes me feel really good inside that's that's wonderful that you would say that and i'm i'm thankful that you felt that way yeah and i and I, I know I've told you this, like you do, and even I had this thought back when I was there the first time is like, you really, you remind me of my dad a lot, right? Um, who two years ago died of ALS. And so that's one reason I'm actually heading out to Marfa. That's why I reached out to you because I'm heading out to Marfa this weekend right? and I wanted to connect with you, but it turns out you were here in Spicewood. So we're connecting now. Well, you know, as you mentioned, your dad, you know, being 
born in August of 1949, and, you know, I was, what day was it in August? August 16th. See, I was born on the 24th, so there's just two or three weeks that separate yeah. us in terms of age, and when you look back to 1967, and you think about everything that was going on in terms of the Vietnam War, and all the civil rights issues, and, you know, everything uh, with all of the uh, the drugs, and the music, and you know, the polarization associated, you know, with the political environment and that type of thing. It's, uh, it was one of those uh, times that uh, is really hard to explain, you know, the impact that it would have on you yeah. as a human being, you know, because there's been nothing since then where, you know, all those same sorts of dynamics. Of course, there's a whole new set of dynamics now that, that help shape all of us, but it seems that that period of time was very uh, strong and profound. Yeah. And I think that anyone, you know, that's in my age group, you know, me being getting, getting ready to be 70 in July, I think all of them would, you would hear the same story that you're hearing from me and that you heard from your dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I you know, obviously there's no proof, but I, I do feel like there's a high probability that my dad's service in Vietnam was the reason that he's not here right now. Right. So I think about that, about all the people that have gone through wars that maybe ended up dying like decades after the, that war, yes. not in the war. Yes. And uh, so that's why I've been talking a lot on the podcast. You know, plus you look, you know, you look at, um, you know, the effect that it has on all these um, individuals, you know, that have gone off to war in terms of, you know, what they bring back with them, you mm-hmm. know, from a mental standpoint, yeah. you know, and the burdens, you know, that they carry as a result of that, okay, and the guilt and all the rest of it that yeah. manifests itself in so many different ways. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that uh, I was able to avoid the Vietnam War you know, my heart goes out, you know, to everyone that uh, struggles, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, a burden associated, you know, with the mental illness, you know, that takes place, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, just um, I'm kind of piggybacking, you know, off of your thoughts associated with the burden that you bring back many years later yeah. and that kind of thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be physical, but yeah. it can be, be mental as well. And of course, you've experienced that firsthand with your dad. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really wanted to interview you because I just feel like you have such an interesting story and in how you became an artist. And, and I'm just, I think anyone would be so incredibly impressed with the work that you create, how prolific you are, just the diversity of it, the, the challenging subject matters that you're addressing. How could you maybe share uh, with uh, those who are not familiar with your, your work, like kind of like your, your path to becoming an artist or how you think about your work? I know that's pretty broad, but... No, that's fine. Um, in terms of uh, a path, you know, my background, as you and I have talked about, is not in art. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was never on my to-do list, you know, to become an artist and was never on my agenda to become an artist. I would say 20 years ago when I started at the age of 50, if you had asked me, um, what does it mean to be an artist, I would not have been able to answer that question. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure that I can answer it 
today uh but i think i've got a little better grasp after you know 20 years you know of embracing you know the art world to make an educated guess i guess yeah, at this yeah, point yeah. but uh you know i i had just finished um with my wife pam you know raising three really uh wonderful sons that are now married and have kids and uh, are working and you know we've gone through the process of you know getting them through college and um, you know standing on their own two feet and um, you know both Pam and I had been involved you know in uh, running our own businesses and uh, that uh, uh, took all of our time and so uh, when I made a decision to leave the business world just uh I think it was because I was looking for something new. I was uh, I was burnt out on, you know, going through, you know, that same process day after day that I had for many, many years, you know, in terms of uh, working and was, you know, ready to do something else. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea what it was. But um, Did you feel like your life was... Did you feel feel fulfilled at that time? Or yes, you- I felt fulfilled. I, you know, I was on a. Uh, I felt good, you know, as a dad. I felt like I had been a good dad. I felt good as a husband. My wife and I are getting ready to have our fiftieth wedding oh, anniversary, wow. and you know, we're still in love more than ever. Oh, and you know, I credit her for almost everything positive that's happened in my mm. life up to this point. But um, when we um, we decided to move out of Austin and move out here into the country, and um, so I didn't have you know a lot of people to interact with and that kind of thing like I did you know in yeah. Austin. And so um, my wife uh, asked me to paint a small flower pot and. Um, you know, I, I didn't know why she was asking me to do this, but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I told her, I said, give me some paints and I'll I'll be happy to paint it. And so she bought me a little starter set at Michael's, you know, like you get yeah. in kindergarten <laughs> with the five or six primary colors <laughs> and a brush. And so after about an hour, I'd painted a little square that was probably three by three or something. And I mean, it looked deplorable. It was horrible. <laughs> and I was frustrated and because it looked bad and i had but i i don't know why why i did it but i stuck my uh finger into the paint and i painted the whole pot in about two minutes okay it was totally painted it still looked terrible yeah 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 but there was something about you know putting my finger you know in the paint that was almost magical for me Mm. and i think one of the things that i loved about it was that i was able to you know paint a large amount of uh, area, you know, within a pretty short period of time. And of course, as I was, you know, began experimenting uh, on some small canvases and that kind of thing, I saw where I was able to uh, blend paints really, really nicely, you know, with my finger, you know, that yeah. was something, you know, that I thought, oh my goodness, that's a, that's a new color, you know, uh, now, now I see that appear, <laughs> you know, as a result of just moving my finger back and yeah, forth, yeah. you know, and so, and I would say I had, I probably had the mentality of a kindergartner, you know, at that point, you know, because it was so uh, new to me mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it was so exciting, you know, to be able to start on something and not, 
have any kind of uh, real vision, you know, in terms of how it was ultimately going to turn out. And so, you know, it was almost like taking a picture with those old Polaroid cameras, you know, where you'd take the picture and then you'd wait for it to develop in front of you. Yeah, Do you yeah. remember that or not? Yeah, those are coming back. Are actually. they coming back? <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> You know, it was it was, uh, it was exciting, you know, to see it develop and everything, and to think, you know, that that I had played a small part, you know, mm. in in making that happen. And once that started, you know, I enjoyed it so much that uh, I just uh, continued with it and have continued with it uh, diligently, you know, over the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah, but you're you've gone way beyond uh michael's paints and flower pots i'd say well you know i think that a lot of that is a result you know of my education you know being uh in business and mm-hmm. my background in business and my training in business you know i didn't uh, uh i didn't go to an art school and i didn't uh have had very limited amount of training in terms of uh, art whatsoever. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of the things that I do are using materials in ways that they weren't intended. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I didn't, I think if I had gone to school, just like in the business school, there's a set of rules that you utilize, you yeah. know, to accomplish certain things. Okay. Well, in the art world, there's a set of rules, you know, that you utilize, you know, in terms of you know making art like you know the corners of your mouth have to be at a certain point you know below your eyes you know for it to look right and that kind of thing if you're doing a portrait right and so there are rules it's just that i you know i didn't hadn't been exposed to the rules and so because of that i had the freedom you know to experiment and because of that experimentation um, a lot of things, you know, took place, you know, that otherwise mm. uh, wouldn't have. And a lot of a lot of the times, I don't want you to think that, you know, that it was always something magical because, you know, it wasn't. There's a lot of paintings, you know, that uh, I've completed that I've taken out in the backyard, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning and beat with a hammer. So. <laughs> <laughs> But did you ever have any fear about what you were doing? I mean, no, you know, and again, I think that's because of my business background, you know, I, you know, because there's a lot of risk associated, you know, with, with business and, you know, when you're running your own business yeah. and uh, because of the responsibility associated with your employees and your clients yeah. and that type of thing. And so I've always been uh, pretty adverse to risk. And have always felt, you know, that to be able to accomplish anything, you know, meaningful in life, you know, that it's important to understand that most uh, situations that involve risk, uh, and you certainly have to, you know, you know, make sure that you're looking at it from the right perspective. You don't want to do something foolish. That risk is probably masking itself as opportunity. Hmm. So maybe creating art didn't feel risky. No, art has never felt risky to me at all. I was fortunate enough that, um, you know, I was able to feed myself and have a roof over my head, you know, without entering the the commercial environment associated with the art world. Yeah. And so, you know, the the art that I was making was never, you know, put together or constructed, you know, with the thought of uh, selling it and making money, that type of thing. It was... It was more in terms of experimenting to see what 
uh, the possibilities were associated, you know, with creating an artistic piece. And as I'd mentioned to you before, you know, when I first started out, I really didn't, I, I didn't know anything about the art world. I didn't know what, anything about, you know, abstract expressionism or modern art or about cubism or any of the other different forms of art that you want to talk about i didn't none of those were uh, terms you know that i was familiar with or knew anything about and so um you know i didn't take any of those directions because i didn't know anything about them Mm -hmm. and uh you know people would ask me you know i would go someplace and they'd ask me well where what are you doing these days you know, and I'd say, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm creating art. And then say, well, what kind of art are you creating? And, you know, I would be at a loss for words. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to tell them. And, you know, there were a couple times, you know, when I would try to explain it and the look that was on their face would tell me, you know, that I just failed miserably, <laughs> that, you know, tried to describe something, yeah. you know, just failed at it. And so finally, you know, I got to the point where I just, you know, when people would ask me, you know, I would just say, well, uh, you need to just see it. Yeah. You know, you need to just, you need to just look at it because, uh, words are going to be inadequate in terms of me trying to explain, and I'm going to, I'm going to fail miserably, and I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, I'd rather you just look at it and make up your mind in terms of what you see. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't, I don't even know how I would describe or categorize your work as a whole. I mean, it's very diverse, and I wonder if we go back to the beginning 20 years ago or in the you know in the beginning years of creating art when did you find your voice like when did you start feeling like oh wait i have something to say it's not just about pushing paint around you know i mean because it seems like now very distinctly you have things that you want to say and issues you want to talk about was that there from the beginning or when did that develop i would say that it uh, took me about six years hmm. to know in my own mind, you know, that I really did not have that much to offer in terms of being an artist to the process of making art. And I felt that it was important for me to become very recessive to the entire process and allow it to develop in a way that it was intended. Mm. And what I mean by that is that, you know, all of us as artists, you know, have inspiration that comes from a myriad of places. I felt just through a couple uh, situations uh, that had occurred where I had not intended to do something that that, uh, the art had kind of taken a life of its own separate from me. And I had seen the positive aspects associated with it. And so it encouraged me and motivated me to work hard to stay out of the way and to allow Mm. the inspiration to take place. And then once I acted on it, then, you know, the next piece was available to me and I was able to move at that point. And I think that that's one of the reasons that I've been so prolific is because, you know, I was able to, uh, I was open and receptive to the inspiration and I didn't question it and I acted on it. As I continued, you know, that, that process began to snowball and uh, it seemed that uh, the opportunities become greater and that the little bit of feedback that I was getting from the people that did see my artwork was very, very positive, and so it encouraged me to work harder. So you just had a decisiveness about it. There, you weren't 
worried about anything. You weren't hesitating. You weren't questioning yourself. You weren't worried about giving yourself permission. You just acted. No, just, um, you know, I, I didn't question it. I was decisive because the work was so much better and it was so much powerful, you know, when uh, it wasn't directed by me. Mm. And so um, I think all of us as human beings have limitations, you know, in terms of what we have to offer, you know, as we make our art. We certainly have, a, you know, a wealth of things that have happened to us during our life and that we, you know, put into our work. And, of course, all of us cut ourselves, our, you know, ourselves open, you know, and allow ourselves to be utilized, you know, in terms of our artwork. But beyond that, I think that there's so much more available if we have enough faith to understand that uh, we're part of a uh, process that is so much bigger than ourselves. And I don't, I really don't know how to explain it other than that. I know that, I know that there's an infinite amount of opportunity available to us, both in the art world and outside the art world, if we're operating you know, with a uh, attitude of faith. Hmm. Would it be and I'm not, and I'm not saying, you know, that I'm, you know, I'm not talking about religion when I'm talking hmm. about this. I'm not talking hmm. about that. I'm talking about, you know, when you talk about faith, faith is are things that are hoped for that are not seen. And so I know as an artist, it's been much easier for me to uh, make art with faith than without faith. Would it be interesting to share maybe one of those early experiences you were saying that was kind of pivotal for you that you just referenced in feeling more guided and inspired well you know we were out in my studio just a little bit ago and you know i was sharing with you you know in terms of um my experience, you know, with the little logo, you know, that was on the robe, okay? Yeah. And so, you know, to be able to put something together, you know, you know, many, many months, you know, before then in terms of a pictorial, in terms of what I was going to do, and then when I actually acquired, you know, the product that I was going to utilize yeah. in the piece, it was the same one that, that had been envisioned, you know, in mm-hmm. the concept piece. You know, that just kind of gives validation, you know, you know, little things like that, that, like you're, that you're well, yeah. that you're headed in the right direction. Okay. And that mm-hmm. you're perceiving things correctly. I'll give you another example. I was doing a piece that's called, uh, lead bled and oh, by the way, resurrected. And it's a piece that, uh, I have that deals with, uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's actually done on, it started out as a, uh, old screen door that, uh, had been torn down off of a, uh, old building. Yeah. It, progressed to that point and so i needed a large uh, i needed a large vintage piece of christ that was going to be the centerpiece and so i found one in uh, europe that uh, was very very old it was very um, expensive and so uh, when i i got it here it came in a box and when i received it uh, it had broken in two right in the middle mm. and so I had at that point I 
I think I was mature enough as an artist to understand that that was the direction that the piece was to go in into and that it what it wasn't something to be upset about or yeah. anything else. And so I spread the two pieces apart, okay, and put it on to the the other pieces that I had completed and it 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 fit perfectly. And so uh, when it fit perfectly, you know, I put it on there and made some little minor modifications to it and everything. And the piece is probably infinitely more powerful now that you're looking at a piece like that where Christ is broken and separated than one that's totally and completely intact. Mm-hmm. And so, I've, you know, I've had people that have looked at it and have asked me, well, why did you break that? And so then I'm able to share with them that story. And then I think about it and I think, what could be more broken in terms of a thought pattern than to crucify a totally innocent and perfect individual for the sins of others? And so I think it more clearly reflects, you know, as an artist, the process that took place during his crucifixion there. And so... I've noticed that even when I'm painting or something, something will happen and I'll turn a can of paint over onto the canvas or something like that. Well, rather than getting started, starting over or something, I immediately stop and know that the intent of the piece is to go in that direction. And I just immediately follow it. And I can, I can say that almost without exception that I'm thankful that I did. Hmm. It's easy for me to be a part of this process so because I have so little to do with it. It's it's you know it's I'm almost like a uh, blue collar worker that just goes to work every day and does what he's told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when I say that to people, you know, they they give me a look like, you know, they want to call the guys in the white coach, you know, to come pick me up mm-hmm. and haul me off. And, you know, I'm not, of course, I'm not hearing any kind of voices or anything like that. It's just that the inspiration takes place as it does with every artist. And again, I don't question it. I just, I act on it. And I know in my heart, you know, that that's the direction that the art's to go into. Mm-hmm. Plus, I like, I like the feeling of, you know, not, I have a disconnect from the art and you you and I have talked a little bit about that yeah. in terms of how I when I'm around my art I look at it and I'm looking at it the same way that you're looking at it I'm certainly not looking at it as the artist I don't I don't feel any connection to it Yeah that's because I don't feel like I had that much to do with it yeah, we just had that experience in your studio. We were right. just walking around looking at your work, and you're like, can you believe this? <laughs> like, I was like, it doesn't seem like you made this. You're like in awe of it. You're like, what are, where did this come from? <laughs> I don't know if I was in awe, but well, you know. I was like, what in the world was that person thinking? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm wondering what kind of things over the last couple of decades through this path of creating art that you've learned about yourself that you didn't realize before i've learned that there's there's a lot more inside of each of us than we think you know that there's um there's more available to us you know than what we realize you know and you know i had mentioned to you you know that i'm not real religious but i'm i do have a lot of faith you know and i i certainly have a personal relationship with jesus christ and uh i've read the bible several times 
And, you know, in the Bible it says that, uh, you know, with the faith of a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed out of all the herbs, if we have that much faith that we can move mountains, you know. And so when when I read that, you know, I think, you know, I'm not trying to move mountains. I'm just trying to make, I'm trying to be a part of a process, you know, in terms of making something, you know, that people find value in, you know, in terms of opening their own uh, mind, you know, when they see it, you know, as to uh, the possibilities associated with the piece, because everyone perceives every single piece differently, of course. Mm-hmm. And so I think that more than anything else, I, you know, by acting on it and by implementing that faith into my life, that uh, and acting on it over and over and over again. And not to say that it hasn't been a very rough, difficult road. Mm. It's been a very rough and difficult road. It's been a lot of times over the last 20 years, it's been excruciating. And, um, you know, I don't want to say this and in, in to sound arrogant, you know, but I have, you know, I've got the opportunity and I have the intelligence to be able to do a lot of things in my life, okay, and it, it wouldn't have to be art. And so I would, you know, all the questions associated, you know, with what I was doing day after day, you know, for sometimes up to 20 hours a day, you know, not really getting any kind of validation or feedback in terms of what I was doing and uh, wondering, you know, why am, why am I so obsessed with this and why why am I doing this? You know, because I definitely wanted to be utilizing my time in a way, you know, that, you know, was meaningful. I mean, none of us want to, uh, you know, utilize our time in a way, you know, that's uh, unproductive, you know. So, yeah, especially since know, we don't know how long we're going to be around. Right, right. I mean, it's all every every second so precious, you know. And, you know, again, I think about your dad, you know, and I think about, uh you know, some of the loved ones, you know, that I've lost in my own life here recently, you know, mm. that uh, some, uh, you know, my mentor in my music, you know, uh, a guy by the name of Brad Cooper passed away uh, about a year ago. And, you know, my life has been agonizing as a mm. result of his loss because I was so close to him and loved him so much. But, uh, you know, it just makes me think about how precious life is. And, and so those over the 20 years, there's been some real uh, valleys. And then there's also been some, you know, some real wonderful opportunities, you know, to, I guess, be on the mountaintop during that same period of time. I think that being an artist, you know, I mean, there's such a big downside to being an artist, you know, in terms of working by yourself, working alone, getting very little uh, feedback on your work. It costs a lot in terms of time and money to put the materials together for what you're doing. There's a lot of questioning, you know, that artists do, and I'm no different in terms of, you know, am I doing something that has value or am I just, you know, am I just wasting my time? Yeah. And, you know, that... uh you know that's a that's a dark side to being an artist. I guess that's why some artists have cut off their ears. Yeah, yeah, right, or other things. Yeah. How have you personally figured out how to get through those dark valleys? You know, do you have any ways that you well could share? You know, I I think that the only way that I've been able to get through those periods of time is 
I've realized that I have so little skill set associated with being an artist. I really, there's few skills that I have that apply to the art world. And for me to receive this gift, to be able to create this art, I understand that there's an intent behind the gift, okay? And it's not... Uh, my enrichment or the enrichment of my family or anything like that but and and I do not know what the intent is I have I have no idea and so I just know that if this gift came from God then you know all things that are good come from God and that you know he knows what the intent is and when it's time for it to be revealed. It will be revealed in that it'll be the way that he intended it. And so my primary goal is to stay out of the way and not to screw it up, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that I do everything that I possibly can to ensure that I'm doing the right thing. It's just a stewardship, you know, that I've undertaken. And people ask me, they say, well, why do you think you know, it was you, and you know that that was a has the ability to do this. And you know, I tell them, well, maybe no one else was available. I don't know, <laughs> right. but uh, I think I think the primary reason that was that uh, I think God knew that I would do it. And you have, and you are, right? I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. How do you measure success for yourself? Do you feel like? Oh, um, well, I'm already famous with my seven grandkids. Oh, yeah. I went and had lunch with one of them uh, the other day at at school, and uh, my uh, 11-year-old granddaughter introduced me to her uh, girlfriends, and then uh, she said... uh, He's a famous artist. And, oh, I thought, nice. and so I thought, I thought, I thought, well, you, that's it. I'm done. You made it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm finished. I'm finished. You reached the peak. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. All right. <laughs> no, in terms of success, you know, I just, again, I go back to uh, success for me is, you know, I'm, you know, committed to being a good dad. I'm committed to being a good grandfather. I'm committed to uh, being a good friend. I'm committed to certainly committed to being a good husband. And, um, you know, that all of those things in, in itself, you know, that's, that's a, that's a lot and that's a lot, but you know, that's really the meaningful thing, you know, in terms of, um, my life is my family and my friends and, you know, that uh, to me more than anything else, you know, is, you know, really important. The art would have never, ever, ever taken place, you know, if, if I didn't have the support of my family and mm. and my, especially my wife. Uh, it would have never, ever taken place. And so she's been very supportive of what I've been doing. She's been very supportive during all the dark times she's been very supportive during all of the uh, positive times and um it's exciting now that you know now that we have a location in marfa you know in terms of what the potential opportunities are there in terms of uh, exposing the artwork and allowing this this whole process you know to move move forward yeah, maybe if you could just, I think it'd be a perfect opportunity to just share a little bit about Marfa for people who don't know about it. 
um, and kind of your decision to have a home and a gallery there and what that's done for you? Well, you know, the... You know, right now we're doing this interview, you know, at our residence out here in the country, and you have to go through a couple gates to get yeah, here. Right. And so it's, we don't have much walk in traffic yeah. out here. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, it was, I knew it was important, you know, for the art, you know, to get out into the real world and not be concealed, you know, here in Spicewood. And it was never my intent to conceal the art at all. It's just, you know, waiting for the right opportunity, you know, to be able to get it out, you know, where people could see it. And we had been, uh, we wanted to stay in Texas and we wanted to, uh, you know, be in a community that was centered around art. And so uh, Marfa became the logical uh, choice. And so we had been looking for a building in Marfa for uh, a couple years. And I had seen on one of my uh, Google news feeds that the Marfa Contemporary was closing. And so I got in touch with uh, some real estate folks in Marfa and asked them if they could, you know, find out what was going to happen with the building. And uh, shortly after that, we were able to uh, uh, purchase the building. And that was in uh, February of last year. Yeah, And so we've been there a little bit over a year and it took us about seven or eight months, you know, to uh, retrofit the building in terms of, you know, bringing the art in and creating a small living space that Pam and I could live in, you know, while we're there. So the short period of time that we've been open, as I shared with you, you know, the it's been very rewarding from the standpoint of, you know, all the many people that uh, come from all over the world that come through uh, Marfa and uh, have come through the gallery from so many different countries, yeah. you know, and I just think what a blessing, you know, mm. to have, uh, you know, people, you know, looking at the art that are from so far away and I had some people uh had three people come into the uh gallery the other day and uh, so I was visiting with them and I said well where are you from and they said well we're from Shanghai China wow and uh <laughs> you know having people you know from Russia and Germany and Italy and they're upgrading the airport right now in oh. Marfa through a grant to be able to uh, have larger jets come in and mm. that type of thing. And so, you know, there's a um, a lot of very uh, well-to-do people, you know, that uh, have a passion for art, you know, that are coming through uh, Marfa. There's a lot of uh, curators. There's a lot of museum uh, directors that are uh, coming through Marfa because of the uh, Judd Foundation and the Chinati Foundation, mm-hmm. and then uh, you have you know new art events you know taking place uh, all the time. There's getting ready to be one the first week of April that is a uh, is a new va- a new event in mm-hmm. Marfa that uh, is going to be bringing in curators and it's going to bring uh, artists and together and and so you know that's very very positive but you know as we had uh, spoken earlier uh in addition to the art world the architecture of the buildings then you know the buildings being preserved 
uh, as a result of Donald Judd buying them, you yeah. know, you know, 40 or 50 years ago when they were, you know, dirt cheap, you know, and being able to retain, you know, the integrity of the buildings and the architecture and everything, make it a wonderful place for people that are just coming, you know, to study architecture or to do uh, commercials associated with fashion magazines or architecture mm-hmm. magazines, that kind of thing. Our building um, as you know, it was a 1945 uh, Gulf gas station. Yeah. And so, but we've retained, you know, the integrity of it. And you know it was a gas station when you yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's know, so it's, interesting, though, that still Marfa is just like this little town out in the middle of West Texas that's probably predominantly Hispanic. Yes. It's just, it's such an odd oddity in a way. It's <laughs> so. a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a real oddity. And, you know, one of the things that you and I had talked about earlier in the day was, you know, the importance, you know, as artists, you know, to spend time alone, yeah. you know, and to allow these seeds to germinate. Okay. Marfa is a place that you can do that pretty easily, yeah. you know, because there's not a, there's not a lot of distractions there. <laughs> no. I mean, there is a dollar store though. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> yeah. It's very slow. It's almost like, yeah, if you just came into town, you'd be wondering like, there's nothing going on here at all, but there's a lot going on, but it doesn't seem like anything's going on. It's below the surface. Yeah. You know, it's below the surface, you know, where that that's all taking place. But the initial perception that you, you have is exactly what you just yeah. referred to, you know, it looks like a dusty little town, okay, <laughs> with a county courthouse and a Dairy Queen. Yeah, and, and the stripes. It just, yeah, and the stripes, <laughs> and it's like, and most of the places aren't open, you know, yeah. and so it's like... You but then know, there'll be I, celebrities walking down I the just street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but th- that's exactly right. Then you're going to see celebrities walking down the street, and if you go out to the airport, there'll probably be two or three Lear jets and two or three Gulf streams. You Some know, that carpets, are, yeah. you know that are sitting in, exactly <laughs> that are that are sitting out there. Yeah, that's exactly cool. right. Well, that's so exciting that that could shed some light on your work and create some opportunities. Oh, I just uh, you know it's. Uh, you know, it's just a huge blessing, you know, to have that building. And uh, it's a um, wonderful opportunity, you know, to be able to have my work, you know, in a public domain. Because as an artist, it's, you know, artists really struggle, you know, to get their artwork out. You know, there's the only thing uh, uh, scarcer than really, really good art, I think, is wall space. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, so little wall space available, you know, for artists in terms of being able to expose their work. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, you know, you you not only want to expose it, but you want to expose it in the right environment where the right people are going to see it, you know, that can you know, either push your career forward or uh, validate, you know, whatever you're doing yeah, uh, through, through or, sales yeah. or feedback or whatever it might be. I mean, start a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Start a conversation, whatever it might be. And so, mm. you know, I think that, you know, in terms of uh, what you just said in terms of starting the conversation, you know, I had done a piece, you know, about the Holocaust in Poland yeah, right. between 1939 and 1945 when 4 million Jews were exterminated by the Nazis. And do you remember that piece? Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, I had uh, I had two young men that came in from Germany 
I had uh, asked them, uh, you know, where they were from, and they had told me from Germany, and they were standing in front of that Holocaust piece, and they were speaking in German back and forth to each other. And so I asked them if they would be kind enough, you know, to sit down with me and visit with me because they had perfect English as well. Come to find out, they were both uh, in law school in Germany, you know, I had asked them about the piece, how, you know, the impact that it had on them. They were able to share that with me. And I was able to, um, you know, ask them where they thought that piece should go. Like, where where should this piece be exhibited to have, you know, the greatest impact? And they asked me where I thought it should go. And I said, well, I think that it should go into a Holocaust museum. And they disagreed with me. Mm. You know, they pretty strongly, you know, they said, uh, uh, we think that it should be in Germany. And we think that it's a piece, you know, that is a part of our heritage. And we think that it's a piece that we need to be exposed to, to not be naive enough to think that this couldn't happen again. And I said, well, you know, it's happening all over the world. Right now there's ethnic cleansing taking place all over the world just because one group of people is different from another group of people. It doesn't have to be the Nazis and the, you know, and the Jews. It doesn't have to be the you know, the blacks and the whites, it doesn't have to be any group of people. I mean, pick them, you know, it's happening. Mm -hmm. And so they agreed, but they, they said, uh, we very much think that the peace, you know, should be in Germany. It was, it made me feel good because they were real, they were almost protective of the peace as if it was theirs and that it belongs to us. Going they were back, invested. Going to back, yeah, and going back to what we're talking about, you know, in terms of conversations, you know, that conversation, you know, made me think. It kind of put me in my place. Hmm. You know, they do have more vested in that than I did. You know, I did that piece because I had a friend that escaped from Poland with his family, you know, through the forest and everything and made their way to... Uh, all the way from Poland, all the way to Harlingen, Texas, you know, hmm. during that same period of time, was running for their lives, okay, yeah, through the forest at night. And so when I thought about it, you know, I thought they do have more vested. They were, they were talking about their grandparents. They were talking about their aunts and their uncles that had been a part of that entire process and everything. That the conversations are infinitely valuable, yeah. You know, yeah. and so it made it, it really made me think, and I'm certainly not opposed to the piece ending up in Germany at all. I think that's one thing that I really appreciate about you is, and obviously I don't see every moment of your life, but it just seems like a lot of the ones you've shared with me, you just seem to have a lot of even just things we've shared. It's just, it just seem seems like your life must be filled with a lot of very meaningful interactions with people, connecting with people. You know, I just, I don't know. Is that, is that how your life feels to you? Cause that's how it seems to me from the outside, just very meaningful connection, sharing, you know, deep things. And I just you know think that, I mean? you know, I think that people, you know, for the most part, you know, there's a common thread, you know, there's so many common threads that run through all of us. Okay. And everyone has, all of these wonderful uh, events that have taken place in their life and they have uh everyone has so much to offer you know it seems to me you know that every now and then you know there's an exception to the rule of course you know but for the most part people are you know truthful people are open people 
respect uh, people, you know, when, you know, when you listen and appreciate, you know, their uh, thoughts. And uh, it's certainly the best way to grow, you know, because, uh, you know, even when I was listening to you, you know, talk about your dad, you know, out in the art studio earlier and everything, you know, it, it brought back memories, you know, in my own mind that I had, I think I had suppressed a lot of those, you know, mm. during that period of time, you know, and so it brought it brought some of those powerful moments back in my own mind and made me appreciate the service that your dad, you know, had given to his country. And it made me sorrowful when you were talking about that orange over his arms and everything. And it made me, it made me sad. But then when you started talking about, you know, the art installation that you're wanting to put together uh, to honor your dad and everything, you know, I realized how powerful that orange was. Mm. And so, I mean, it really hit me right in, right in my heart. Mm. And so I think that, you know, in terms of, you know, having relationships and developing relationships and things like that, I mean, I've grown as a result of knowing you in the short period of time that we've known each other, and you've grown as a result of knowing me and so you know i think that that's a wonderful thing and that's something you could have with anyone if you're open to it absolutely and you know a lot of it is you know is not you know doing our best you know not to prejudge people and that kind of thing Mm. and i know i'm guilty of that sometimes and have been even in the gallery and marfa people come in and i'll immediately create some sort of impression in my own mind you know in terms of you know who just walked in you know that kind of thing and i would say you know 100 percent of the time i'm wrong you know they end up being the most interesting people and we end up sitting in the gallery you know for an hour and a half you know you know talking about a myriad of things you know not just art but all kinds of things and exchange emails and want to stay in touch and everything else so i think you know as you as you think about these uh, meaningful conversations and that kind of thing it certainly helps to you know just go into it with the attitude you know of crossing paths with whoever you cross paths with to be able to uh you know be able to make the most of it Yeah. And I think something I try to think about a lot is just giving everyone the benefit of the doubt because you have no idea what they've been through in their life. No. You know, what they're struggling with in that exact moment. Well, you know, you just, you know, all of us are carrying, you know, a heavy load. And so and no one's uh, immune to that, okay? I mean, you can't go through through life, you know, without, you know, we all have our cross to bear. And so I think that, uh, you know, being respectful of that, doing what you can to be uh, cordial and doing what you can, you know, to be friendly and to be receptive and to be understanding and empathetic, you know, those are all those are all good things. You know, those are all mm-hmm. positive things. And life is so much more full and rewarding, you know, when you approach it from that standpoint rather than approaching it from a standpoint where you're angry and mean. So yeah. we don't want to do that. No. <laughs> no. Something else I, I'll just share this that I keep in mind a lot. I don't know. Are you familiar with the four agreements at all? No. Never? No. Well, one, of them, one of them is, I can share it with you, but one of them is I think about every day, uh, one of the four agreements is use your word in the direction of truth and love towards yourself and others. 
I try to think about that all the time, about my words, what I say, what I share. You know? Words are certainly powerful. And, you know, once you say something, you can't take it back. And, you know, there's been a lot of things that I've said in the past, you know, that I regret. Mm. But, you know, it's important to be able to understand, you know, that, uh, you know, we can all grow and mature and do a better job, you know, in terms of uh, how to, how we react to situations and how we um, treat other people. Yeah. So I'm just learning. Yeah, try to be humble. That's a yeah. good place to be. Well, you know what they say, humility before the rise, pride before the fall. Mm. And I certainly have uh, been in a situation, you know, where I've been very, very prideful. There's been times in my life that I've been very, very prideful. And then there's been times, you know, when I've been taken to my knees. Mm. And uh, only through humbling myself and asking for help was I able to get back on course, you know, and begin living again. Mm. And so I always remember that humility before the rise, pride before the fall. And so humility is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah. If you could just share a few of kind of the stories that you've shared with me that I, th- I feel like were really powerful. There's one in particular that sticks in my mind. There was one about, um, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but it was something about like these two pastors coming out to visit your studio and one of them handed you something. And you, you shared that with me in your studio in Marfa last year. And it just like, I, I, I'm, I don't know if I started crying or something. It was so powerful. Do you mind sharing that story? No, I don't. And I'll I'll try and be quick. Um, no, there's no hurry. My no. my wife and I uh, we were at a Chick Fil A restaurant in um, Lakeway, and uh, I noticed some. We were having our lunch, and I noticed some men that were having a Bible study back in the corner. And uh, there was probably seven or eight of them back there. And I thought it was unusual that they were having a Bible study at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And so uh, I'm sitting there. I'm eating my sandwich. I told Pam that uh, um, I felt that I should invite one of those men, and I knew the exact one, uh, out to the art studio. And I didn't, I didn't know why. It was just one of those things that kind of overwhelmed me. Yeah. And so... Again, going back to, you know, inspiration and not questioning questioning it, I stopped him as he was headed out the door and introduced myself, and I had written down my name on a napkin with my phone number, told him that I was an artist, and that uh, I had a studio in Spicewood, and that I felt that I was to invite him out, hmm. and that I wanted him to know that he was welcome at any time and that was the end of this conversation he left and so I didn't think anything about it and then about three months later I got a call from him and he asked if he could come out he asked if he could bring someone with him and I said absolutely and so a couple days later he showed up uh, with one other gentleman, he I would say the 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 individual that I knew uh, is probably about uh, forty five years old. The other gentleman was probably about eighty years old, maybe mm-hmm. even a little older. And so um, we went out into the art studio, and I turned on the lights and left him alone. Went and got got him some water. And they're looking around at the art, and I could hear the 
younger one uh, talking to himself as he was walking around, you know, in terms of the art. And I knew he was engaged with the art and that, you know, it was it, it, it was impacting him. Mm-hmm. But the older gentleman didn't didn't say anything and and he didn't act as if um the art you know was having any kind of impact on him whatsoever he was acting almost uh, like standoffish yeah a little yeah. bit standoffish maybe mm-hmm. but not in a bad way just you know and i just figured you know this is just not his thing you know and you know he got the drug into this by the other yeah. guy you know and so Anyway, after about 15 minutes, they asked me to come sit down with them. And so I went and sat down with them. And um, the younger guy said to me, he said, Warwick, you have no idea who we are, do you? And I said, no, I have no idea who you are. And so he said, we are two pastors from two of the churches in Austin, two of the largest churches in Austin, and uh, from different churches. And so I didn't, you know, I didn't say anything. And he said, uh, I just want you to know that over the last 35 or 40 years of my spiritual journey, uh, I have to tell you that I have never seen or felt the Holy Spirit like I do inside of this building. Mm. And I thought that was probably one of the nicest compliments that I had ever received, you know, because he was perceiving that the artwork was not mine. He was perceiving that it was uh, a result, you know, of a much greater power. Okay. And that made me, that made me very, very proud because he was right. And so the older gentleman didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden he stood up and he walked, he walked uh, out of the, studio and so i i just thought you know he's had enough he's gone and so a couple minutes later he walked back in and uh he had a uh a coin a small coin in his hand and it was um uh he asked me for my hand that was the first thing that he had said to me he said where may i have your hand so i put my hand out and he took this coin and he put the coin in my hand and he put his finger on top of it. And uh, he said, uh, I could tell that it had some sort of writing on it and that it was really worn, you know, that someone had maneuvered it in their hand and wore it down, you know, over a long term period of time that it was yeah. old. And he said that during World War II that uh, he was getting ready to go to war, that he was a young man, uh, that he uh, was getting ready to leave his family, that he was deathly afraid, he thought he was going to die, and uh, he didn't want to go to war. He said that his uh, aunt had perceived, you know, how afraid he was. And she gave him this coin, and it's got a pair of hands that are in together as if you would put your hands together to pray on one side, and then on the other side, it has a prayer. She told him, she gave him the coin, and she said, every time that uh, you're afraid, she said, I want you to pull this coin out, and I want you to read the prayer, and I want you to say a little prayer, and I want you to know 
that God's going to be looking over you and that you're going to be okay. He said that he had carried that coin with him ever since, you know, he was a teenager and that there were numerous times during the war and numerous times since then, okay, in different situations where he was deathly afraid, okay, and that uh, he had, he would pull this coin out, you know, and he would hang on to it, you know, and just say a little short prayer and then, uh, you know, move on with his life. And so I'm looking at him, and he looks at me, and he says, uh, Warwick, this coin now belongs to you. Mm. And so I said to him, I said, uh, I can't take this coin. You know, I can't, I can't take this coin. And he looked at me, and he said, I don't need protection any longer. You do. Wow. And so I've, you know, I've thought about that, and uh, of course I shared it with shared it with Pam when it happened. I just felt like uh, I felt like there was going to be some situations arise that he was in tune with, you know, that he had perceived, even though he had only known me for just a few minutes, that potentially were going to occur that I was going to really need some strength you know to get through you know to be able to do the right thing and he he perceived that and uh so you know i uh i appreciated you know what you know what he had done i'm certainly trying to be very cognizant and aware you know of my situation at all time to make sure that i try to you know deal with the right people and that i trust the right people and that i say the right thing you know because you know the you know the art world uh has a lot of really good people in it, but it has a lot of bad people in it too and especially you know when you are dealing with money okay yeah. it makes a lot of people you know there's been a lot of people that have lost their soul you know very quickly you know as it relates to how they've handled situations you know involving money yeah. and i'm not saying that that's what's going to occur i'm not i'm not saying that i'm just saying that i appreciated his kindness in terms mm. of him being so kind you know to uh, think so much of me and uh, I think that he was able to perceive you know the potential power you know and the good that could take place as a result of of the art you know as you and I have talked about you know the certainly the intent behind this gift has not surfaced and it has not uh, revealed itself but in time whether I'm alive or not you know I'm I'm sure that there will be positive things that come about as a result of it, you know, and, and it's important, you know, that uh, my wife and I do everything that we possibly can, you know, to, again, be good stewards, because I have to be honest with you, Scott, I don't feel like I'm the artist of the, all this artwork, you know, I I feel more like I'm just the steward over these things and that it's important for me to be a good steward over these things, you know, to ensure, you know, that they're protected in a way that they need to be protected. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, please, listeners, don't read into it that I have some sense, you know, of the value of this art or 
uh, what potentially could happen or that type of thing. I just know that uh, I'm 100% positive that I'm. it's my responsibility to be a good steward over this gift. Hmm. And I think every artist should be a good steward over their gift. You know, they all have a uh, responsibility to look over it and to protect it and to, you know, make sure, you know, that uh, uh, the best possible good could take place as a result of creating it. That's a very noble and honorable goal. And so it's a, a positive perspective, you know, to have as an artist, you know, to understand, you know, all this all these things that we do creatively, you know, are a gift. Yeah. And why not put 100% of yourself into them? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, when you do that, you know, when you put 100% of yourself, you know, into something, you know, artistically, like you know, especially in the visual arts, you know, there's you open yourself up to a lot of criticism. You open yourself up to a lot of negativism. You open yourself up to you know, all kinds of things, you know, that are not positive. And so it's important, you know, to be able to have a thick enough skin, you know, to Mm. um, understand that everyone's entitled, you know, to their opinion, you know, but that you need to remain steadfast if you believe in what you're doing. Yeah. You just need to remain steadfast. Are there other things that you find yourself telling other artists that you think are helpful to them? You know, it's it's interesting. I think that some of the things that they've told me, you know, oh, I've, yeah. had, I've had a few other artists, you know, that have come into the studio. And I think the one comment that I hear more than any other comment is, Warwick, after looking, you know, after seeing this and after, um, you know, spending time with you, I understand that uh, there's more inside of me than I ever thought there was. And there's there's uh i've been very short-sighted in terms of what i've been able to tap into in terms of being able to create there's so much more available to me you know if i'll be still and you know allow myself you know to be utilized you know for the greater good And, you know, again, it goes back, you know, you have to have some faith to do that. But, you know, even for the listeners that have no faith whatsoever, you know, you don't have any, you're not risking anything by trying it. Yeah. You know, I remember my journey at the very, very beginning, you know, of my spiritual journey. You know, I didn't believe in, I didn't really have any kind of belief in anything. And Mm. I wasn't really an atheist, but I, I just didn't have... There's a word for that when you don't really have any kind of what is that agnostic? Ag- yeah, maybe I was an agnostic, but you know, I didn't really have any belief in really anything, any kind of spiritual anything, and so I can remember that my very first uh, prayers, you know, and it was again uh, going back to being, you know, being in a position where I had to be very, very humble, and I needed a lot of help. But but saying, you know, if there is a God, you know, I I would pray that you'd reveal yourself to me in some way and let me know, you know, that you're there and that I have the ability, you know, to turn to you and lean on you and 
uh, walk with you. And so, and that, it, it didn't happen, you know, quickly. It was something that came over a period of time, but, you know, it's kind of like going to the gym, you know, the results, you know, that you see, you know, through your workouts, you know, yeah. you know, become uh, positive, you know, and they mm-hmm. build, you know, upon each other. And then, in terms of, uh, you know, trying to uh, walk a spiritual path, my faith has grown, you know, over the many, many, many years now. Then, you know, it's uh, I've gotten to a point where I can't imagine going one second, you know, through this life, you know, without having that spiritual anchor, you know, to hang on to, to know that's there, that I know is uh, there on my behalf, you know, to uh, help me uh, be stable and to be positive and to, you know, live up to my potential that I was created for. And when I say that, you know, it really applies to every person, you know, because the Bible tells us, you know, that God's no respecter of persons, you know, and that we were all created in his image. And so, um, you know, when you think about that, once you start believing it, you know, and once you start believing the things, you know, that you're reading in the New Testament and in the Bible, uh, those things, you know, I'm such a plain guy, you know, that you know, grew up in the Midwest and, you know, to me, there's not much gray matter in the world. You know, it's either, it's either the truth or, you know, it's not the truth, you know? And so through experimenting, you know, uh, spiritually, you know, through my actions and my prayers and that kind of thing, I've, I've seen, you know, the growth that's taken place in me personally as a human being. I know that, uh, you know, because of God being someone that has universal love for all of us and having universal love that that is the same for each and every one of us. I think it's just a matter of, I think he wants us to open up to him. And I think he wants us to open up to, you know, his love for us. And there was so much of my life, you know, without ever even knowing it, I was actually shoving him away, you know, mm. through my actions, you know, without even really knowing it. But that's that's what I was doing. And so, <clears throat> my, excuse me, my life has been so much more rewarding, you know, having him in my life in a very, very personal way. He's become very, very personal in my uh, artistic pursuit, you know, as I've mentioned previously, you know, because uh, I feel dis- so disconnected, you know, from the art. I think he's, I think he's guiding the entire process, and he's having me do the work. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very, 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 you know, thankful for that. I don't think that uh, uh, I, I certainly couldn't be making art without that. Yeah. What are you looking forward to in the near future? Um. Or what, any plans cer- that well, I'm certainly looking forward, you know, to the conversations and the connections that'll take place in Marfa. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I feel like Marfa could be the opportunity, you know, to potentially uh, get my art into. I say, get my art, get the art into <coughs> additional venues where more people can see it, mm-hmm. and that would make me very, very proud. I'm also looking forward to uh, 
completing uh, a couple of the projects that I'm currently working on that, you know, yeah. uh, what the one that I showed you that yeah, hate yeah. is a four letter word, you know, being able to complete that, you know, and to be able to get uh, to meet the right documentary person or company, you know, that wants to document that process in terms of fabrication. And I'm looking forward to um, being able to watch my grandkids grow up and, you know, watch my sons uh, continue to mature as businessmen and fathers. And I'm certainly looking forward to uh, spending, I'd love to spend another 30 years with my wife, you know, yeah. <laughs> that would be 80 years. Wouldn't that be incredible yeah, to be yeah. married 80 years? Wow. <laughs> and so, but you know, 50 years, you know, is a wonderful blessing, you know, and to be able to, uh, uh, to be able to be with someone every day, you know, that I love, you know, so much, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that loves me so much. And, you know, she's just been such a, uh, a wonderful blessing, you know, mm. to me. I'm just, I'm, I'm so, so, so thankful, you know, for her. So yeah, I bet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to spending as much time as I possibly can with her. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. And you know, it seems like it gets, it gets rarer and rarer, don't you think? Mm. Yeah. Well, it's- <laughs> Let's, well, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty. I think yeah. you know, it's pretty easy to throw in the towel. And, you know, of course, you know, with our marriage with Pam and I, there's been numerous times we could have just gone our own way. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, it's taken work and it's taken determination and it's taken, you know, acceptance and it's taken, you know, all kinds of things, taken an infinite number of things, you know, to make it work. But uh, uh, it just seems like, you know, it's, it's, it's like anything else, you know, it's easy to give up. Okay, mm. it's easy to give up. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to give up. And I'm not just talking about marriage. It's easy to give up on all kinds of things. You know, it's easy to it's easy to give up as an artist on your work. And so, uh, you know, things that are really meaningful take hard work, and they take determination, and they take grit, and they take uh, resolve, and they take time. But it's all worth it. Yeah, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. So you just dig in. Mm. You know, you dig in and you just uh, uh, focus on the positive and, and uh, you know, and move on. But I think, you know, my family and certainly, you know, the spiritual connection that I have are the, you know, two most important things to me. And everything else other than that is just a byproduct of my life. You're just, it's just the, it's just the byproduct. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, you know, the, the, the spiritual aspect is so positive, you know, because then we're not talking about something that has a specific period of time associated with we're talking about eternity and when you're talking about something uh with no beginning and no end then you know that's something that's really valuable and so uh life everlasting you know is uh what greater gift could we have to me as i get older i'm beginning to understand that uh, you know, death doesn't really have a grip on me, you know, that it's it'll be a transition, you know, that'll take place and there'll be new opportunities and um, there'll be a new perspective. And uh, But 
you know time won't won't be something you know that will have you know a grip over me any longer so uh i'm excited i'm excited about uh uh not not just the next 30 days or the next 30 years i'm i'm talking about you know an infinite amount of time and so and you know that only takes place you know because of my faith in through you know the words of christ you know in terms of uh you know what he said and so again it it's something you know that uh you know each and every individual you know will you know wrestle with their own spirituality in terms of what they believe and what they don't believe over the course of their life and um experiment with different things i think that that's one of the reasons that you see five six seven eight ten different pieces of my art you know that deal you know with (coughs) spiritual aspects because it's one of those common threads that's so strong that runs through all of us okay no matter how you believe you know whether you believe in christ or whether you're a muslim or whether you're an atheist or whether you're uh whatever whatever it doesn't i mean spirituality is something that touches all of us okay may not be something that you talk about it may not be something that you uh, have conversations with people about it may not be uh, something that you feel like you're experiencing in your life but there's something within your soul okay that allows you to always know that there's something there okay and so even people that deny any kind of spiritual aspect of all that say that nothing spiritual is taking place in their life what whatsoever just by making that comment okay is recognizing you know that there's there is some, something that's taking place within their life mm-hmm. you know and i you know for me again getting back to just being i just think i'm just so common that you know, when I look at a blade of grass and I understand, you know, that, that, you know, we can't recreate a blade of grass, you know, or we can't, <coughs> we can't recreate, you know, a beautiful rose or we can't, you know, create any of these things, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just it's to me, I see the creator everywhere. And beyond that, you know, I look across from me right now and I see you. Mm-hmm. And I see this complex machine with all this DNA and with all these, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. I mean, even yeah. the greatest doctors in the world, you know, can't get to the center of it, you know, in terms yeah. of what's available. Every door that's open medically opens, in, you know, a thousand other doors, you know, and everything. And you look at the complexity of it and everything, and, you, you know, it's just, you know, to me, I look and I know you know, this is not the result of man, what I'm looking at right now. This gentleman with a, with a headset on and the <laughs> microphone in front of it and the yeah. smile from his face. I mean, plus, you know, then, you know, when I look at you, Scott, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't see, I see the physical Scott, but I already feel the soul of Scott. Hmm. When you talk about your dad and when you talk about what you're wanting to do in your, your, you know, your business life, and when you're talking about what you're wanting to do artistically and when you're talking about finding a soulmate, when you're talking about you're exposing your soul. Yeah. You know, and I mean, we're, we're operating on a, then we're operating on a different level. 
you know, we're not operating at the daily level that we all operate so often. Yeah. It's a different realm. And to make really good art, that's where you need to be. That's the level that the really good art exists at. That's mm-hmm. where it's at. And it's not a result of us as artists. It's a it's a result of us allowing what's available to work through us to become something. Yes. <laughs> We're smiling at each other right now. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate your passion. Oh. If, um, you know, there's not a lot about you online. I'm just wondering, I'm sure after hearing this conversation, people are very curious to see your art because we haven't really talked about it, the specifics of it that much. But I'm just wondering, like, what do you recommend? Well, um, certainly they're welcome to come to uh, Spicewood where, you know, where my studio is at. They would be welcome here. And they can, um, you know, uh, contact me, you know, through you. Yeah. I'm like every other artist. You know, I love to share my artwork and I I love to um, meet new people and have conversations. And so it's certainly they can see the art here and then uh, make a road trip out to Marfa, you right. know, and <laughs> and see it, you know, in Marfa. There's certainly a 20 or 25 pieces, I think, now. We're going to, Pam and I are going to try and do a better job, you know, of uh, working with finding someone that we can work with, you know, to have the right uh, social presence, you mm. know, in terms of, uh, you know, doing the right thing there. I'm not, uh, I don't spend a lot of time, you know, in that world. So it's kind of a foreign world to me. Yeah. I got on Facebook for a while and didn't really understand it, you know, so I, you know, just deactivated my account. And I was on Instagram for a little bit and, you know, deactivated my account there too, you know, just because, um, you know, I didn't really understand what I was doing. I didn't want to do the right thing. You know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. how all of us old people are afraid of technology. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, at least uh, I have my grandkids, you know, that can figure it like when my phone jams up or something, you know, yeah, they can, they say, out. Grandpa, just give it to me. Just give me, <laughs> just give, give me the phone. Give me the phone. Don't mess with it. Don't you screw it up. Just give me the phone. Yeah. All right. So I'll give it to them. Then they'll fix it. And I'll say, now, well, how did you do that? And they'll say, Dad, I'm not going to explain it to you, but when it happens again, just, you yeah. know, call me and I'll come out and fix You've it. Got them. So they're looking after me. Nice. <laughs> as are i'm sure yeah and then i think you know i think in terms of uh you know in terms of uh we're gonna try to put together um we had a website that had a, a film have you seen that film mm-hmm. uh that has a film on it uh which was done probably i want to say 10 to 12 years ago oh, okay. long long time ago it certainly is not representational of the art i think yeah i mean it's partially representational but uh uh you know it's it's certainly available but i think that you that in terms of the art the best way to do it is just to get in touch with uh scott and uh he'll be happy to give you my contact information and i'll be happy to uh, invite you out and yeah uh, we'll have some good conversations and look at some art and then i want to invite everyone to come to marfa and you know be a part of be a part of part of the marfians yeah right (laughs) (laughs) that's a cool place to visit i'm looking forward to going out there absolutely and you're headed that way quickly yeah on sunday yeah i wanted to thank you very much for um uh producing uh 
the podcast and i wanted to thank you for uh everything that you're doing for the art community you know through your website and through you know the different events you know that you participate in yeah uh, and i also wanted to um let you know that uh, i'm extremely appreciative you know that you would respect me enough to invite me to be a part you know of the podcast i just you know want you to know how much i appreciate it well thank you for saying that yeah and i appreciate you're everything you're doing and you're welcome uh, for your time and you're yeah. welcome. I, I look forward to uh, spending time with you as we yeah. uh, move farther along. So, you know, I'm I'm sure that uh, this is uh, this is uh, not the end. This is just the beginning. I look forward to that. I, I do too. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. One more thing before you go. If this episode or any other I've produced have helped you or added value to your life, please support the podcast so it can continue and grow. Just go to austinarttalk.com forward slash support. There you can find a link to my Patreon page, and there is also a PayPal option and an Amazon affiliate link. I couldn't keep doing this without your help. All the best to you and take care. Take care.